من سيئات أعمالنا من يهته الله فلا مضل له ومن يذلل فلا هادي له نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Dear respected sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Hope you're all well, uh, inshallah so before we begin, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. Uh, I know it's Valentine's Day and I know the talk is called Broken Hearts, uh, but we're not going to be talking about Valentine's and we're not going to be doing any sort of male bashing here. Rather, we're going to be talking today regarding suffering and regarding healing. So, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Everybody here, you know, all of the, mashallah, you know, over 50 sisters, on this talk at the moment, we've all gone through some sort of suffering in our life. Whether it's physical suffering, you know, think of, you know, the last time you had a headache, think of, you know, if you've given birth, the, the, the labour pains that you went through, grazing your knee, some sort of physical pain we've all gone through. And on top of that, emotional pain, which is what we're going to be talking about today, is something that nobody is immune to. You know, we are sort of all in it together you can say that there's if there's one thing that kind of unites us all in this dunya which has been created to be imperfect then it's going to be the fact that we've all suffered some sort of hurt abuse humiliation disappointment from you know somebody in our life or people in our life maybe at this moment in time you know some of us are probably still going through you know some sort of hurt and abuse and trauma now, the first thing to kind of recognize is that this dunya is a sort of abode of hurt. This dunya was not designed to be like a jannah. And it's a characteristic of jannah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. That jannah is such a place where there will be no fear. There'll be no fear upon a person and nor will they be sad. So the vice kind of versa of that is that this dunya is going to be, without a doubt, a place where we do feel sadness, where we do feel upset, where we do feel hurt. That's just the nature of the way that Allah created the dunya. Uh, and, you know, it kind of prepares us for the perfection of Jannah, knowing that that is a place where none of these uh, ill feelings hurt broken hearts some these things will not exist in jannah you know furthermore in surah araf allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions regarding jannah that it is going to be a place where there is going to be no sort of ill feeling whatsoever and if you think about a broken heart where it stems from it's because somebody or some sort of you know circumstance some situation has caused that ill feeling in our heart it's caused us disappointment or hurt. It's caused us to, um, you know, think badly about ourselves and to to kind of feel these emotions that have a negative impact on ourselves. And Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions regarding Jannah that for those people who believe and do righteous deeds, once they enter Jannah, there will be no harboring of ill feelings, sadness, hurt, abuse whatsoever in Suratul Araf. And alongside this, you know, interestingly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions la nukallifu nafsan illa wus'aha that in between this verse of the Quran Allah himself mentions that even though you know the dunya is is designed to be a place of hurt in 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 some sort of aspect and jannah is designed to be free completely free of all types of hurt 
still Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that we never ever la nukallifu nafsan illa wus'aha we never burden any soul we never give any soul the burden of responsibility illa wus'aha except according to its capacity except according to what we know that individual that muslim man that muslim woman according to what we know they are capable of bearing and subhanallah our religion is so beautiful that in every sort of hurt whether it's the tiniest you know physical pain that we go through like you know a needle pricking your finger or a rose thorn pricking your skin from that all the way up to you know super super life traumas that we have in our life we know that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expiating our sins elevating our status storing for us reward in the hereafter so the muslim mentality even though yes we do suffer yes we do feel pain we do feel hurt our mentality is framed by this understanding that any test in our life comes from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah is watching he is hearing he is with us every step of the way and he wants us to sort of heal from this he wants us to get through it so that he can reward us in the hereafter inshallah so what is a a broken heart i mean there's many many kind of definitions every person here will probably have their own personal definition of what a broken heart is depending on our own life experiences but just to give a very sort of simplistic definition so we can kind of delve into it a bit deeper i would say that a broken heart stems from some form of disappointment from other people or from ourselves you know we we ourselves can break our heart you know that, that that's sort of outside the remit of this discussion i might touch upon it right at the end of the talk but we're going to be focusing on disappointment of others and subhanallah you know some people you know we probably come across in our life it seems to be their life mission to go around hurting people and abusing people and you know uh, subhanallah you know there's some people out there that have this sort of almost a speciality may allah protect us from them and may allah protect us from being that kind of person as well may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from being the person that hurts other people's feeling from being that person that breaks somebody else's heart whether it's intentionally or whether it's unintentionally so forgiveness is something that i'm going to be focusing on today because out of all of the tips that we have regarding how to overcome a broken heart how to sort of go on to lead a healthy and fulfilling life i believe that this is one of the most crucial parts one of the most crucial elements uh for overcoming any sort of abuse or hurt or trauma that we have come uh, come across now interestingly you know subhanallah allah azza wa jal in the quran There's three places in the Quran where Allah mentions the phrase azmil umur. Allah mentions the phrase azmil umur. And azmil umur, you can kind of translate it as those matters that require an extremely extremely strong will or determination. That's what azmil umur means. 
that those matters that require an immense amount of effort, an immense amount of determination from us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them azmil umur because one of the principles that we have in our faith is that the harder it is to do something, you know, the more difficult an act of worship is or the more difficult any sort of action is, the more reward there is attached in it. You know, you can imagine, you know, for the, for, for, you know, there might be brothers and sisters out there that, you know, find it extremely easy to give zakat. You know, they're, they're naturally very giving. So when zakat time comes, you know, they, they very easily part with their money. They give sadaqah all year round. And there might be other people that find it very, very difficult to give zakat, you know, maybe they've, they've always struggled their whole life financially, you know, their parents have suffered and now finally they're earning their own income and they are putting their blood, sweat and tears into it. So when the time comes to give zakat, they find it very difficult to do so, but they still do it hoping for the reward from Allah, knowing that it's an obligation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can imagine the reward that goes into, that, 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 that is a result of something like that is going to be far greater than a person that finds it easy to do. That's just a kind of general principle that, that we have, that the harder you find to, to, to wear the hijab, the far, harder you find it to restrain your anger, the more difficult it is for you to you know stay away from music, etc., etc., the more reward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you because you are, only for the sake of Allah, you are repressing your, your nafs, you know, your, your your desires are telling you to do one thing, but for the sake of Allah, you are doing something else. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards this immensely. So um, regarding Azm al-Umur, there's a place in Surah Shura where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that وَلَمَنْ صَبَرَ وَغَفَرَ إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمِنْ عَزْمِ الْأُمُورِ That the person who is patient and the person who forgives you know, which is what we're going to be talking about today, to the person who forgives, indeed, that is from those matters that require extremely, uh, you know, difficult determination. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is sort of, um, you know, highlighting the fact that forgiveness, you know, to forgive somebody after you have been wronged, to forgive somebody after they have caused you hurt and pain and trauma that you still might be, you know, going through till this very day. You know, the incident might have happened years and years ago, decades ago, and you are still living that hurt, that pain, that trauma. For you to find in yourself to forgive that person for the sake of Allah, lamin azmil umur. This is something that Allah acknowledges is so, so difficult to do, but it's something that is beloved to Allah. It's something that is extremely rewarding to Allah. And the context of this verse in Surah Shura, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, you know, subhanAllah, he says, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْبَغِي هُمْ يَنْتَصِرُونَ That those people, when any form of oppression you know, bughi is sort of injustice or oppression. When it afflicts them, they help one another. And, you know, injustice and oppression, that is what, you know, a broken heart, you know, comes from. You know, a person who wrongs you by either saying something to you, by doing something to you, by taking away your rights, by, you know, humiliating you, by disappointing you, by going back on their word. This, you know, an infinite number of scenarios you know, how we can become hurt in the dunya at the hands of somebody else. But Allah is saying that, yes, this is going to happen. But when this happens, when any form of injustice or oppression happens to you, you should help one another. 
which is kind of what we're doing here today, that we've got a space here where we're going to be talking about this. And it's a very important aspect of the healing process. You know, psychologists will tell you to share your emotions, to talk about what is happening, to talk about what happened, so that you can express your feelings rather than trying to avoid them. And that's, you know, an important step on how to move forward. Allah says that the recompense of bad is bad that is similar to it but and you know subhanallah my sisters this is such an important important principle that we have to bear in mind Allah is saying here that when something you, you, you know when an injustice is done to you when somebody has wronged you Technically, a person is allowed to seek retribution in an equal manner. I'll give you an example. You know, if we lived in an Islamic country under the Islamic law, you know, if somebody was to, uh, you know, have a physical fight with somebody and break their tooth, you know, for example, then under the Islamic law, they could seek retribution and the Islamic judge would ensure that the similar retribution is taken so that the person who broke the tooth their tooth will also be broken. This is what we call qisas. This is legal retribution. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he allows this in the Quran. He's saying that when somebody does something wrong, then it's only right that, you know, retribution is taken from them. It's a form of justice. But straight after that, Allah says that whoever pardons though, whoever pardons, overlooks and forgives, then his reward is only with Allah. This is such a powerful phrase that comes a few times in the Quran and it's often related to those matters, again, that are very difficult for a person to do. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't even, he doesn't even sort of highlight what the reward is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say, okay, if you forgive people, you're going to get, you know, a house in Jannah or you're going to get, you know, uh, 10 trees planted in Jannah, etc. He doesn't mention what the reward is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala simply says, فَأَجْرُهُ عَلَى اللَّهِ That that person's reward, that person that has that strength to forgive others and to do the right thing, then just be content with knowing that your reward is with Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we know is the king of kings. His kingdom is incomparable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give to a person's heart's desire without it reducing anything from his kingdom. So when Allah says that, you know, seek and anticipate reward that is only from Allah, then you know that this is going to be an immense reward the manifestations of which won't only come in the Akhirah, the manifestations of which will also come in the dunya. And I will say that one of the sort of intrinsic rewards that come with forgiving a person is that you yourself will benefit. You yourself will be able to finally break free of the shackles of being a victim. And this is a sort of reward, uh, a mental reward that we experience from forgiving people. And the key thing is that, you know, this process of letting go of the hurt that has happened to us in the past, very, very often, in fact, all of the time, I would say, it doesn't have anything to do with the other person 
or it has very little to do with the other person. So let's just say somebody went through, um, you know, an abusive marriage, for example. You know, the husband was very emotionally abusive, always putting her down, always insulting her, etc. Now she's moved on, you know, 10, 20 years have passed. She's no longer with him. She's trying to move on with her life. That hurt is still there. That hurt is still there. But an important part of moving forward so that she herself today can lead the most fulfilling life that she is capable of is going to be the fact that she has to let go of what happened in the past and forgive that person. And that has very little to do with him as a person. Because when we forgive, it's not we don't forgive for their sake, but rather we forgive for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do it for the sake of Allah, not for that person. That is the, the important thing here. You know, subhanAllah, that's why in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that, you know, as a believer, قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ that say indeed my prayers and my sacrifice and my living and my dying are only for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. That whatever we do, you know, at the end of the day, we do it for the sake of Allah. And some of those things, it's easy to see. You know, for example, when we go and, you know, we're going to do wudu now, we're going to pray our salat al-dhuhr, when we give charity, we go for the pilgrimage, for the umrah, for the hajj. It's, it's quite easy to understand that we're doing these things for the sake of Allah because they are sort of physical acts of worship. But when it comes to other things like refraining from backbiting, from gossiping, when it comes to forgiving people that have hurt us, you know, you have to be extremely determined knowing that despite what this person has put me through, I am going to forgive, not because they even deserve forgiveness, for example. Maybe they don't. Maybe they have no remorse in their heart. But we're not doing it for them. We're doing it for the sake of Allah so that Allah can help us move on from this incident. And, you know, there's a really beautiful uh, sort of quote that I came across uh, recently. And it said that, when dealing with Allah, we have to remove people from the equation. And when dealing with uh, other people, you have to remove yourself from the equation. I'm going to say that again, that when dealing with Allah, we have to remove other people from the equation. That when we want to do things purely for the sake of Allah, because we know our reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who will never let us down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who is always there for us, who will never hurt us the way that, you know, human beings can. You know, hurt can come at the hands of loved ones. It can come at the hands of your parents even, your children, your spouse, people that we experience such a deep love for. Otherwise, it's very possible that these are the very people that break our heart. You know, breaking hearts doesn't necessarily come from strangers. Rather, the deeper the wound, it's more likely because you had a deeper trust in that person, you know, a person that you were close to. But when we are dealing with something that we're doing for the sake of Allah, we have to remove people from the equation so that this is just about now, it's between me and Allah. I'm doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And when dealing with other people, you remove yourself from the equation. Meaning, if you are going to make an intention to help somebody, to do something good, you have to do it with them as the focus. Don't do it, you know, because you want to sort of gratify yourself or you want to get something out of it. No, 
when you want to do good, you do it for the right reasons. Somebody's going through, you know, a hard time. Somebody is going through some sort of suffering. You know, be there for them. But we are there for them, for them, and we remove ourselves from the equation. So, regarding, you know, this topic of forgiveness. So, we've kind of understood how important it is. Um, you know, as part of the healing process to go from a victim mentality to a sort of survivor mentality. What are some sort of tips then that we can undertake in order to do this? And obviously there's no hard and fast rules. Some people are naturally more forgiving. Some people find it a lot harder to forgive and nobody can compare the kind of hurt and abuse that we go through you know i might have gone through um you know similar sort of hurt in my life to compare to another sister but because pain is so subjective you know i might deal with it in a different way compared to that sister you know let's take the example of a miscarriage you know subhanallah it's such a, a a big big test from allah you know and it can result physically in a broken heart you know to to have something taken away from you something that you had sort of grown to love then one sister who's gone through a miscarriage, you might find that, you know, she 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 deals with it in a way where she's got the family support, you know, she's strong-minded. And even though she never forgets, remember forgiveness and moving on has has got nothing to do with forgetting what happened because that's impossible. But even though that hurt is there, she deals with it in a good way and she's able to move on. Whereas there might be another sister who's also gone through a same miscarriage. So looking at it from an objective point of view, it seems to be like it's the same event. However, she she is unable to move on and it leads her down, you know, a very, very difficult path where she's, you know, blaming herself, blaming people around her. She falls into depression, anxiety. So her outcome is very different to the first sister, even though they've gone through a very similar thing. So that which is why I'm mentioning that, you know, I don't know what kind of hurt and abuse, you know, you sisters have been through, you know, how, you know, what traumatic life events you have experienced and only you and, you know, even more than yourself only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how much it is affecting you and how much you know willpower and determination you will need individually to move on from this event so the first thing the first tip that I would give is that you have to when you are assessing this situation that you went through you know this situation that caused you a great amount of hurt you have to be quite objective in your analysis of it and that's a lot easier said than done because obviously when you've gone through something it's it's very 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 personal to you it's going to be very subjective however it's an important part of the process that you can look back at it from a kind of a, a bird's eye view try to look at it even if it's just you know for a short period of time you're trying to gather your thoughts you're sitting down and you try to look at it as if it was happening to somebody else Try to look at it in an objective manner. Because, you know, the Prophet ﷺ, he said that that your love of something can blind and deafen a person. And what that means is that when we're so emotionally invested in something, we often can't see right from wrong. We can't see, you know, um, that what we're supposed to be doing compared to what is going to be detrimental for our healing. You know, we become blind and deafened, you know, the same way that, you know, when somebody is in love, for example, 
Now, you could tell them, you know, all day long regarding why this person is bad for them, you know, talk about their bad qualities. They might, you know, be, you know, swearing, abusive, just out of jail, drug dealer. You know, you could say whatever you want. But if that person has become infatuated, they will become blind and deaf to everything that you're saying. So in a similar way, because we are emotionally invested in our own pain, it's important that we try to analyze it in a way that it might is happening to somebody else so that we can sort of objectively assess exactly what has happened and the extent of it rather than being extremely emotional and upset the second thing then is to identify and express these feelings and i kind of touched at this at the beginning as well it's extremely important to be able to recognize what you are feeling is it hurt or is it guilt? Is it anger or is it disappointment? You know, you have to be able to identify exactly what you are going through so that you can get through it. And it's important to express your feelings. It doesn't have to be to, to anybody. It doesn't have to be, you know, to your friend or to your mom or to your, you know, spouse even. You can express it by writing it down. You can express it, you know, just to yourself by speaking about it. But the best way to express your feelings without a doubt is going to be to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, this is the power of communication with Allah. That when you are, for example, I would say in the middle of the night when everybody is asleep, you know, when it's the Hajj of the time, just before Fajr, when the whole world is sleeping and you yourself hopefully are, are going to be in a state of, you know, kind of realisation at that time of night because you've got no other factors, no other environmental factors are influencing you. You are there, you've done your wudu, you're going to sit on your prayer mat and it's just going to be you and Allah. And you can speak to Allah, you can have a conversation with Allah in your own language tell him even though even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows you better than you know yourself even though he knows what you are going through even better than how you are going to be able to express it to him but still speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise your hands in the form of a dua but before you make a dua that Allah heals you and and gets you through this and grants you patience and the ability to forgive firstly you know go over the scenario the situation explain it almost to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way by you expressing your feelings it's going to enable you to tailor your dua in the best way and there's an incident where, you know, our beloved Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he, as we know, he went through a great deal of distress and hurt and abuse and trauma in his life. You know, an immense amount. And again, who was it from? Most of the abuse that he experienced was from family members, people that were close to him. And one of the most difficult uh, times in the Prophet sallallahu life was the Battle of Uhud. You know, physically speaking, it was a very difficult battle. You know, the Prophet ﷺ himself was wounded. His tooth was broken. His che cheeks were slashed. He was hurt by an arrow. It was a very difficult battle. And once Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked him regarding this, you know, regarding Uhud being like, was this the worst day of your life? 
And the Prophet said, no, actually, there was one incident that was even more difficult for me than the day of Uhud. And that was the day that the Prophet went to Ta'if. Now, Ta'if, this incident happened before the migration to Medina. So in the same year that the Prophet suffered you know, heartbreak, through the death of his beloved wife, Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, she was his rock, his support. In that same year, she passes away. A few you know, months later, his beloved uncle passes away, the one who was there to protect him from the abuse and the allegations and the physical you know, abuse of the Quraysh. Abu Talib played an extremely important role in protecting the Prophet And in fact, if it wasn't for him, you know, the disbelievers of, of Quraysh, they would have, you know, physically, you know, done whatever they could, you know, in terms of harming and even attempting to kill the Prophet if they had the chance. But they couldn't because of the protection afforded to him by Abu Talib. So you can imagine that this was a very difficult year for the Prophet where he is now beginning his call of da'wah to the people, he's beginning to proclaim it and you know his two pillars of support are they, they pass away and return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then the Prophet ﷺ, he thinks that maybe, you know, in Mecca, because things are so difficult, he decides to go and speak to the leaders of a different town, the town of Ta'if. So he goes to speak to them and subhanAllah, the, the amount of abuse that they gave him, not just physical abuse, that was part of it because they got the, the, the slaves and the children of the town to pelt the Prophet ﷺ to throw stones at him as he was leaving, so much so that his shoes became filled with blood. It was physical pain that they were putting him through, but even more than that, it was the verbal abuse, the verbal abuse that they gave him. And he mentions that this was such an extremely, extremely difficult day for me that he had to hear from them, you know, such horrible things like he's come to them trying to give them da'wah, trying to call them to a better way of life for themselves, talking about the worship of one God, joining ties of kinship, being good to your parents, all of these beautiful aspects of our religion. And they turn around and they abused him by saying, you know, could God not find anybody better than you to, to send as a prophet, etc, etc. That's the kind of just the least of it. So he had gone there with so much hope, but he left, you know, running, you know, away from this town, running from the stoning and the pelting of these individuals until he reached a tree outside of the town. And he sat there and he made such a heartfelt dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what I'm talking about. That you have to identify and express your feelings. And the best way of doing it is to pour your heart out to Allah. Here our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, Allahumma ilayka ashku. That, O oh Allah, to you I complain of my weakness. Of my lack of support and of the humiliation that I am receiving. Oh, you know, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, oh the most merciful, oh the most compassionate, you are the Lord of the weak people, and you are my Lord. To whom are you going to leave me, oh Allah? Are you going to leave me to a distant person that treats me badly? Are you going to leave me in the hands of an enemy that, that you have given power over me? But as long as you, in lam yakun bika ghadab alayya, fala ubali. 
as long as you are not displeased with me, O Allah, then I do not care what I face. Meaning, I am ready to face anything as long as you are pleased with me, Allah. As long as you are with me. So anyway, the, the dua goes on. You can you can find this, inshallah, you know, online. Um, it's an extremely beautiful dua. And, you know, if we are going through any sort of extreme hurt and trauma, the way that the Prophet ﷺ experienced, then you can use this dua, take this dua, and then when you have a chance, when it's just you and Allah, you know, use this dua, use the, the heartfelt words of the Prophet ﷺ, or use your own dua in your own language, talk to Allah. So that's the second step, that we are going to express our feelings, and the, the best way to do that is to complain of our grief only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that's not negating the fact that we have other people around us, good people around us that we can also confide in. Definitely, if you are, you know, you've got brothers and sisters, you've got parents, etc., who you can talk to, then that is important rather than bottling everything up. The third kind of step is kind of linked to this one, but it's more to do with don't avoid the pain. So, you know, Often what happens is that when we have gone through a very serious life event, you know, we've gone through something, you know, it might have been yesterday, it might have been 20 years ago, where somebody has said something or done something to us. Now that pain that we feel every time we think about it, we try to do everything that we can to kind of avoid that. So even though it's always there, we carry that pain around with us wherever we go, it weighs down upon us wherever we go, it's always there, you know, numbing us. But we try not to focus on the details of that situation because of the negative emotions that it invokes inside of us. However, an important step of healing is to actually ride the wave of the emotion, as they say. It's important to allow yourself to relive that abuse and that trauma again, in an objective manner, do it so that for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, you are actually going through exactly what happened rather than spending your whole life, you know, avoiding it, but it's still there hurting you. You know, take these short bursts to allow the emotion to overcome you and then allow it to go meaning you, you think about it, you immerse yourself in that situation for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, you know, maximum, allow it to kind of overcome you and then let it go. Allow it to overcome you and then let it go. By doing this, even though it seems, you know, you, you might think that it seems kind of counterintuitive, however, this is important for us to, rather than living our whole life, you know, weighed down by a situation that we're trying to avoid, we're almost tackling it face on. We're allowing ourselves to, to, to understand exactly what happened and then understand the, the how much pressure is relieved from us after we have ridden that emotion and allowed it to pass. The fourth step, I would say, is think about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala got you out of that situation and think about the consequences of being trapped in the pain that you are going through. And again, this can be an exercise that you do by writing it down, by speaking to somebody, by talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But be grateful for the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you so much. 
And I know I'm not trying to belittle anybody's pain here. You know, some people have gone through horrific abuse in their life. However, it's important that we still, still try to find the positives in the situation that Allah has given us. And a great example of this is, is in Surah Al-Duha, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this was revealed when the Prophet ﷺ was again going through an immense amount of hurt and abuse by the people around him. Because revelation had stopped for a short while and the Quraysh, the people around him at that time, they saw it as an opportunity to attack him. You know, and they would say extremely hurtful things. So in response to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed duha by the morning light, etc. The whole surah was revealed. And in there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet wasallam to reflect upon the blessings that Allah gave him. That even though you are going through something very difficult right now, know that what is to come is far better than what you are leaving behind. So we have a mentality as believers of being forward thinking. We are looking to the future. We're not living in the past. We're looking to the future, you know, in this dunya, Allah will give us better days. But definitely, inshallah, in the akhirah, there is going to be so much bliss that we're going to even forget the pain that we went through in this dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in surah al-duha, alam yajidka yatiman fa'awa wa wajidaka dalan fahada he he highlights certain blessings that Allah gave the Prophet that even though you're, you're going through pain right now, remember, wasn't there a time where we found you as an orphan and we gave you shelter? You know, do you remember that pain that you were going through in the past? But look how Allah brought you through it. Do you remember that time in the past where, where, where you were unaware, you were looking for answers and look how Allah guided you? So do you see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He's not negating the, the, the pain that the Prophet is currently going through, but he's giving him tips on how to, how to deal with it. And one of the ways to deal with that is by reflecting upon your life as a whole. Think about all of the blessings that Allah has given you. Think of all the things that you are grateful for. And think about the consequences of living with this pain. You know, you know, somebody's wronged us, but that person has probably, you know, they probably don't even think about you. You know, they're living their life, they're going and moving on, etc. But we are dealing with that pain that, you know, they hurt us and it's affecting us not only when it occurred, but even now, days, weeks, months later, it's not affecting them, but it's affecting us, our relationships, our ability to, you know, to, to work properly, to study properly. The next thing is that we set limits for ourselves. Yeah, I was for, listening to what ourselves rather than for the sake of seeking revenge. Sorry, sisters, if if you don't mind, if every everybody can put their their mic on mute, please, so that we can't hear what's happening in the background. Um, yeah. So I was saying that the the, the next step that I'm going to talk about, which is the final step, really, is that you set limits for your own self care, but you don't do it for the sake of seeking revenge. Again, we're doing it for the sake of Allah, not because we want revenge on that person. Remember, all of the things that I'm saying here, I'm not saying that there's no accountability in this world. If somebody has abused you, you know, for example, domestic violence or child abuse or sexual abuse or, you know, all these types of abuse that happen, we're not saying that the perpetrator gets off scot-free just because we've forgiven them. No, there is an element of, there's a process of justice. In this world, there will be justice in the hereafter 
master definitely though in the court of Allah there will be justice but here we're not thinking about that person we're not thinking about the perpetrator we're thinking about ourselves how we can get through this now there's a, a really beautiful verse in surah nur verse 22 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions um in response to an incident that happened to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha so you know as some of you might be aware she was a wife of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam extremely beloved wife and there was an extremely unfortunate incident that occurred to her whereby the people of the town the people around they accused her of you know committing adultery you know na'udhu billah they accused the 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 mother of the believers Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha of committing adultery and this rumor started spreading like wildfire around the town now one of the 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 people who was extremely hurt by this allegation obviously you've got Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha herself the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam you know the hurt that he went through but here i want to talk about her father Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu so you can imagine if somebody has wrongfully accused your daughter of having an affair or cheating or being unchaste imagine as a parent how you would feel you know it's just something that is you know it's like a worst case scenario nobody wants to think about something like that Abu Bakr radiyallahu ta'ala went through it you know there were people around the town talking about his daughter in such horrible ways and Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha as Allah you know acknowledged in the Quran was totally innocent totally pure free innocent of the allegations but still imagine you as a father now come to know those individuals that were behind spreading the rumor and imagine that one of those individuals who was a part of this rumor spreading was a relative of yours who you used to give financial help to so imagine you've got a relative and he's extremely poor so you used to give him money to help him out and now that very same relative is going around you know accusing your daughter of such horrible unspeakable things how would you feel and how would you deal with that person so Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu naturally the way that kind of anybody would he made a vow that he is no longer going to help this individual financially and do you know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the verse uh, a verse in the Quran saying that it's not appropriate for a believer to do this that you should forgive why would you not love that Allah should forgive you so this is surah nur verse 22 would you not love that Allah should forgive you that's why we should forgive other people and when abu bakr radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he heard this he said definitely i want and i love and i desire for allah to forgive me therefore he you know not only did he kind of reinstate the financial help that he was giving this person he he made a vow to kind of go above and beyond and this is you know subhanallah amazing that somebody has gone through so much hurt at the hands of a person but only for the sake of allah not because of that person but only for the sake of allah we forgive them because we want to move on and because we want allah to forgive us and we remember that there are definitely have been situations in our life where we have hurt other people as well there have been situations in our life where we have you know gone against the commands of allah and he is the lord of everything and we expect allah to forgive us we want allah to forgive us why can't we have that same stance with the creation of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well so 
you know, in summary, you know, I, I just want to mention that, um, look, there are, it's, it's a kind of sunnah way of this dunya that we are going to go through abuse and hurt and trauma. And one of the key things for us to get through this healing process is the ability to forgive. It's an extremely, extremely beloved characteristic to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, it is from the names of Allah. Allah is al-ghaffar, al-ghafur. Allah is the one who forgives us for our countless, countless, countless sins and transgressions against him. Therefore, for us to manifest that in our life as well is something that is extremely good. And we do it, why? For the sake of Allah, not necessarily because that person deserves it. We may never ever get that apology that we are hoping and waiting for. But you know what? It doesn't matter because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will deal with our affairs. And we in this world, we want to be able to live a healthy and happy and fulfilled life. Not constantly being weighed down by events that have happened in the past. So um, in summary, you know, there's a beautiful hadith that I kind of wanted to end with where Abdurrahman ibn Awf ta'ala anhu, he narrates from the Prophet wasallam that there are three things regarding which I would take an oath by Allah. I would take an oath by the one in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad. And these three things that I would take an oath by are number one, Wealth does not decrease by giving charity, therefore give in charity. And number two, no person, I swear by Allah, that no person forgives another person seeking the pleasure of Allah by it, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise him in status. That Allah will give you honor and status in this dunya and in the akhirah if you can be that better person that, you know, will forgive people despite the wrong that they have done to you. And Allah acknowledges that it is from azmil umur. It is from, from those things that is very, very, very difficult to do, definitely. But if we can take steps towards doing that, then inshallah, our reward also is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, um, you know, that's all from me. Jazakumullah khair for, for attending and for listening. I hope in the very short time that we've had, you've benefited from the talk. Uh, before I do go, though, I just want to mention, you know, regarding this this hadith that I, that I talked about now. One of the things was regarding forgiveness. But the first thing that Abdurrahman ibn Auf, he mentioned was that wealth does not decrease by giving charity, therefore give in charity. And the giving of sadaqah, other hadith testify to the fact that sadaqah removes calamities from our life. The giving of sadaqah, it repels Allah's anger away from us. So it's my humble request to you all today that myself and Ustad Shabnam, who's, who's going to be speaking after me, we have pledged uh, to raise £40,000 for the people of Yemen. Therefore, if you can please donate anything, whether it's a small amount or a large amount towards our bakery project, then I'm going to leave the link in the comments. Please, please, uh, whatever you can, share it with your family and friends. This money is going to go directly to the people of Yemen. Mercy Relief is a 100% donation policy charity. Every you know penny of your money will reach the people of Yemen that are suffering you know extreme extreme conditions of of starvation. So the bakery project is where we have helped set up bread factories in Yemen and, you know, we provide the money for the flour and the fuel to run these factories. So £60 will feed over 750 people. 
imagine that you know with 60 pound if we go to the restaurant how many people can we feed but 750 people will benefit from the bread which is a lifeline for them at this moment in time so i will leave the link please if you can whatever you can please do donate from the from the kindness of your heart may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to to overcome uh, any sort of hurt and abuse that we have gone through and may allah give us the strength the strength of character to uh, be patient and to forgive others the way that we would love for Allah to forgive us. So before I, uh, yes, sisters, um, somebody just asked regarding zakat money. Um, this project is eligible for zakat and sadaqah. Zakat and sadaqah. So I'm just going to introduce our next speaker whilst I am doing that. I'm just going to put the link for the. Um, charity in the comment section so please have a look i will also um leave a link for my instagram uh, so if you like do have any questions you can always kind of uh, message me on instagram as well inshallah so i'll just do that now Okay, so the first link at the top I have left, that is for the bakery project and the second link is for, you know, if you want to contact us via social media. So we're going to move on now to the second half of the talk and I'm going to be introducing, uh, you know, my dear friend and colleague, Ustada Shabnam Khalil, who has also studied uh, the Alamiya course at a Sufa Institute with myself. Uh, she's also a teacher of the Alamiya course uh, and she has been running, doing groundwork in the community for over a decade, helping people learn about their religion, helping especially new Muslims, reverts, uh, teaching them about the foundations of the religion. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Ustad Shabnam, uh, who's also going to be talking about this topic of broken hearts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khair, sister Sada Safiya, for introducing me and for a lovely 